Heavenly Father, that's what we ask you for this morning. That's what we come seeking is your presence. We say thank you for a wonderful worship service, a wonderful time to be together and celebrate you, learn about your goodness to us. And so we just say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. It is my privilege this morning to uh, welcome a, a gentleman that um, has been working with Jews for Jesus for 45 years, the executive director of that. Uh, he didn't start off as their executive director, but he stayed there long enough. They just had to give him some kind of job, so they just kept giving him more and more. And so here he is as our executive director for Jews for Jesus. And um, Valley Bible Church, they've been in existence for a little over 50 years now, Jews for Jesus has. And um, David mentioned in their earlier service that we have been one of the long, or we have been the longest supporter of Jews for Jesus as a church. We've been supporting, yeah, for that 50 years. Um, this guy named Moshe Rosen came and uh, Phil met him and uh, we started to support them way back and David wasn't even with them yet, but here he is. And so would you please do me a favor and welcome David Brickner, the executive director of Jews for Jesus to our pulpit. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate you. All right. Well, shalom. It's so great to be back at Valley. I always look forward to it because it's a time of awesome worship. And I learned new songs. I hadn't heard the Chainbreaker song until today. So I, my heart is lifted in praise. And I'm so glad to be here with you. It's been two years because last year I was supposed to be here. And the Wednesday before, I fell and broke my wrist in nine different places and had to have surgery. And I couldn't be here. So I'm glad to be back. It's been quite a year. But uh, thank you. Thank you so much for standing with us in all these years. God... Yeah, 50 years uh, is a jubilee. That's what they call it. Yuval from the uh, word in the Hebrew, uh, ram's horn is what was used to announce 50 years of God's blessing. And so we have really been celebrating this whole past year. You know, at our headquarters in San Francisco, we have a little plaque. It says, Jews for Jesus established 32 AD, give or take a year. <laughs> but of course, the ministry that uh, you all have been supporting began right across the bay there in San Francisco in 1973. And so we've been celebrating. But first of all, what we need to do in Jews for Jesus, we're going to celebrate is we're going to do evangelism. And so we had the largest evangelistic outreach in our ministry's history. Uh, 23 different evangelistic outreaches going on over a period of three months during this last year with amazing results, all kinds of different special interest groups. You know, we had outreach to uh, New York City Village creatives, artists, college students, homeless. Oh, it's amazing, all the different people groups that we are reaching within the Jewish community around the globe. And then, of course, in September, we celebrated with a banquet over in San Francisco. We had a good representation of Howard's who came and helped us celebrate, and uh, we've been enjoying that jubilee. But, you know, uh, from those early days, look what God has done to the ministry of Jews for Jesus over these 50 years. We've expanded from those humble beginnings in San Francisco to literally across the globe. And we have uh, more staff actually in Israel than anywhere else in the world. God established a branch of Jews for Jesus. It's now uh, got over 50 full-time missionaries in both Tel Aviv and in Jerusalem. And, uh, but who would have imagined that the middle of that 
year would have seen one of the greatest um, uh, outbreaks of anti-Semitism since the Holocaust. October 7th marked a great tragedy for the Jewish people that is still being felt. I'm going over there in just a few weeks. I was supposed to be there, and then all the planes got uh, canceled, and so I wasn't able to fly. It's the first time I've been able to go, and I'm going to be looking in on all of those staff members, and uh, so pray for me as I go. Um, It's amazing what we've been able to see the Lord doing, even in the midst of such a dark and difficult time. There's a little video that I'd like to show you that kind of uh, tells a little bit of that story. Take a look. shines brighter. God promised to preserve his people. And throughout history, there have been Hamans and Herods and Hitlers and Husseins and now Hamas, all satanically inspired to wipe out the Jewish people. And Israel is in trauma, and yet this has given us the opportunity to serve. Right now, we're the largest coordinator of outreach and provision for the people in the land of Israel. Over a thousand volunteers every day are being directed by our staff to prepare. And here's the amazing thing. You know, we've decided to do this. Our staff have volunteers who are also believers, but half of those a thousand volunteers are not yet believers. They want a way to help, and we're offering them the opportunity. And shoulder to shoulder, people are peeling sweet potatoes believers and unbelievers, and the gospel is being shared even by those who are being helped and who are helping at this time. So there's tremendous uh, challenge. Uh, half, uh, about a dozen of our staff are serving right now on the front lines. They've been called up uh, to serve as reservists in the army. But you know what? We're also seeing in the midst of all this challenge, 
also a great openness to the gospel. We've seen literally double the number of requests for Hebrew New Testaments. And there are stories of salvation that are amazing to me. You know, I never imagined that I would be in a time of leadership in Jews for Jesus where more staff would be in war zone than not. And that's true because uh, one of the largest areas of ministry, aside from Israel, is Ukraine. And we have 18 missionary families who are in harm's way, both in Kiev and Odessa. And recently, I heard a story that was just amazing to me. There was a Jewish woman who came to faith in Jesus through uh, the ministry of our branch in Kiev. And uh, she was coming and fellowshipping with uh, our staff there at the worship service. And she mentioned after October 7th that her sister lived in one of the kibbutzim right down by the, uh, by the Gaza Strip. And uh, the sister in Ukraine had lost touch with the sister in Israel after the war broke out. And uh, so we were able to, through uh, our staff in Ukraine and our staff in Israel, bring the two sisters together. And the sister in Ukraine who had come to believe got on the phone with her sister in Israel who did not yet believe and shared the gospel with her. We were able to lead that sister who had just gone through that horrific experience near the Gaza. We were able to lead her to faith in Jesus. So two sisters in war zones coming to faith through the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? And that's just one of the stories of what God is doing right now. And we really need you to pray for us. We're continuing, you know, when this war broke out, you know, we started resourcing the people who were homeless and on the streets. And we didn't have that in our budget at the beginning of the year. But uh, God has continued to provide for us so that we have the resource to continue to meet these needs. And when you came in today, you should have received a card that looks like this. If you'll take it out and uh, you can fold it and uh, you can take the top of it, separate it, and then take me home with you. That's my wife, Sabra. She couldn't be here today. She's running a conference in Atlanta for young people. And, uh, but she sends her regards, and we need your prayers. Uh, not only did I break my wrist, uh, but Sabra and I were both um, almost in a, very fa- in a fatal car accident. The Lord supernaturally protected us. And then in October... Sabra's father was caught in the middle of the war in, um, in Ashkelon, and uh, he spent 10 days alone in a bomb shelter while the terrorists were running around the city killing people. And so Sabra was on the phone with him all hours of the night, and uh, one night she just decided, well, I'm going to be productive while I'm talking to my dad on the phone at 3 o'clock in the morning. She slipped taking laundry down to the basement and broke her foot, so she's still in a boot. So I'm thinking, God, please, may 2024 be a little bit easier for us. So I tell you that just to tell you we need your prayers. God is protecting us. We're having tremendous opportunities to serve him, but we do recognize we need your prayers as well. The larger section of the card you can fill out and drop off at the materials table. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, new materials that have come out through our ministry in celebration of our 50th anniversary, we've come out with, in partnership with the Tyndale uh, Bible Company, the, 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 uh, a brand new Messianic Jewish version of the Chronological Life Application Bible. 
And uh, I think all of them sold out after the first service, but you can still order them online. Or if you're interested in knowing more about what we should think about Israel, then here's a book, What Should We Think About Israel? And uh, also, if you drop your card off, I know most of you already get the newsletter, but drop it off. I want to send you a brand new book that I wrote on the Jubilee. You know, as I said, Jubilee is a biblical concept. It's about the past, it's about the present, it's also prophetic about the future. So drop this card off and we'll send you a free copy of that book. But we are in a challenging time. We are in a difficult time. And we need strength from the Lord to endure. And I've been thinking about that and I've been meditating on a psalm that I want to invite you to turn with me to. And Psalm 84 uh, is the passage. Um, And it's... uh, I've entitled this message From Strength to Strength because this is the psalm that talks about that. It's a very phrase that we find in verse 7 of this passage. But we're in a time of transition and juice for Jesus as well. And, uh, you know, back in uh, 30 years ago when I was uh, just taking over the leadership of the ministry of Jews for Jesus, I prayed, Lord, help us. You know, because Moise Rosen was such a, a dominant character, you know, he larger than life, and little me, you know, out in the field tending sheep. <laughs> and uh, the Lord put his hand on me, and we went from strength to strength. And I feel the need for that in Juice for Jesus as well. So I've been, I've been focused on this passage from Psalm 84. Charles Spurgeon said that Psalm 84 should be called the pearl of the Psalms. It is the most sweet of all the psalms of peace. And you notice from the superscription there that it is a psalm of the sons of Korah. How many of you remember that name, Korah? Wasn't he the one that led the rebellion against Moses in the wilderness? Absolutely. God judged Korah in his rebellion, and the earth opened up and swallowed him up and his family. Although we do find out Later on in in Numbers 26, that not all of his family were swallowed up. There were still some sons left, and look what God did. He had a a name associated with rebellion, and now we've got a psalm associated with the strength of God. God can take what is a bad past and turn it into a wonderful future. Uh, Even at the superscription, we can see the amazing grace of God in doing that and redeeming a name that had a bad reputation and instead these sons of Korah that wrote these psalms, Heman, Asaph, and Ethan, were gloriously used of God and now we have the wonder of God's grace in the words of this one of eight psalms that the sons of Korah wrote for the scriptures. How lovely is your dwelling place. So it's a psalm. The sons of Korah were, were Levites. And so they, they loved the dwelling place of the Lord. And this strength that we find the sons of Korah writing about is a strength, first of all, of his presence. They wanted to be in the presence of the Lord. That was where they were most filling the need for their lives as Levites, as as musicians, as those who were called to bring Israel into the presence of God. And they longed for that presence. Uh, The the passion uh, that they speak of 
concerning the presence of the Lord in this, these first four verses, the strength of his presence, how lovely is your dwelling place. Of course, they were referring to the temple, the Beit Hamikdash, that amazing wonder of the world that was in Jerusalem. Now all that we have left of it is the western outer retaining wall since the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. But there's still a sense that God's presence was there. And the people long for the presence of God. And so, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praises. There is strength, brothers and sisters, in the presence of the Lord. There is strength when we draw near to him. And the wonderful thing about the Lord is that he welcomes us. <laughs> you know, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and what? And without reproach. <laughs> you know, you don't see uh, you coming to the Lord and coming to his presence and all of a sudden there's the angel Gabriel. Hey, Gabriel, go get your club. You know, he, he never works us for coming to him. He welcomes us. He welcomes us into his presence because that's where strength is for those who need him. Even the sparrow finds a nest in the altar of the Lord. It's just an amazing thought. Have you ever been like in a, one of those big office buildings and you're walking around, all of a sudden a bird flies past you? Wait a minute, I'm inside. What is that bird doing here? Well, the psalmist tells us the birds are welcome. And the sparrow, Jesus said that, you know, not a sparrow falls to the ground apart from the Father knowing it and carrying it. So the sparrow is kind of like a metaphor of the most insignificant of God's creatures, and yet it's welcomed. It's welcomed into the presence. Whether you're a sparrow or you're a singer, God welcomes us in, and that's where the strength is found. You know, sometimes I see these words, and I think, boy, that's not the way I feel about going to church. My soul longs, my heart and flesh cry out, you know, we need to really remember that when we get up on a Sunday morning, that this is what should be in our heart, to long for his presence. But not only that, it shouldn't be a once a week thing. The presence of the Lord is available to all of us, no matter where. He is with us. He welcomes us in. Let's find the strength. Let's find the passion. You know, Juice for Jesus has as a core value a passion for the lost. That's one of our core values. And I've been telling my people, we cannot have a passion for the lost if we don't have a passion for the Lord. And I think that's one of the illnesses of the church today. We don't have a heart for missions because we don't have a heart for God. We don't have a heart for the lost because we've lost our passion and our longing for the Lord Jesus. So let's cultivate that and see all the strength that comes to the body of Christ for walking through difficult times when we long for his presence. There's strength in the presence of the Lord. And there's also strength for the journey that we're on, verses five through seven. Our strength is not in a place, <laughs> but in a person. Blessed are those, verse five, whose strength is in you 
who, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. There's that phrase, from strength to strength. And we walk away from the Lord's presence and we wonder why we feel weak. But it's as we walk that the Lord accompanies us and therefore we are able to go from strength to strength. And and the psalmist reminds us it's not always an easy journey. We go through the valley of Baca. That that, uh, Hebrew word is not a place. You can look for it on a map. Baca was not a region in Israel. It's a verb that means to weep and here it's a it's a the valley it's the it's a noun but it talks about weeping it's also referencing a shrub that grew in the most arid and desert regions of the land of Israel and so we see this journey we're going from strength to strength but it doesn't mean that we're going to have only good times only delightful times there's going to be weeping weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning, joy will come along with us on the journey if we find our strength in him. Strength for the journey comes from his presence, even while we walk through the valley. I remember when I was going through a really deep valley in my life, and uh, I was in a lot of sadness and a lot of sorrow. Brother Phil was very close to me. He used to call me every week and pray for me. And he one time asked me, he said, David, how are you doing this week? And I found myself saying these words, Pastor Phil, I'm powerless in the palm of providence. Powerless. Have you felt powerless? It's okay to be powerless if you're in the palm of providence. It's okay to be walking through the valley of Baca, uh, the valley of weeping, the dry, arid world that we live in so often. But if you are in The Lord's presence, even in the Valley of Baca, he gives you the strength. It's an amazing thing. You know, I'm a backpacker. I love to go out and climb mountains with 40 pounds on my back. And you know, it's always true. When you start out, you're feeling strong. But when you go from five to six to seven to 8,000 feet as you climb, you get weaker, right? You get tired. It's normal (laughs) to go from strength to fatigue, from strength to to weakness but what does the bible tell us here if you're with the lord if you're enjoying and in in his presence you will go supernaturally from strength not to weakness but to strength instead of being faint and weary as most travelers become we grow stronger and stronger in the lord with god as our strength We find plenty of water even in Baca, even in the dry, arid place, even in the midst of sorrow and tears. A rich relationship with God means a never-ending supply of strength for the journey, especially in the difficult seasons. God gives his people all they need while traversing the road, even the road of sorrow and suffering, because it's the road he has appointed us to, and he won't appoint us if we won't also provide for us. We go from strength to strength, from grace to grace. And we're not just talking about an increase of resources, we're talking about transformation. The dry turns into pools into streams of water. God provides for us in the 
desert, there is a refreshing wetness of uh, overabundance of God's spirit that strengthens us. We go from strength of hope to strength of patience, from strength of patience to strength of faith, from strength of faith to strength of vision, and we can follow that path even to the middle of the desert. Are you with me? God gives strength for the journey, strength in his presence, strength for the journey. And all of this is because Jesus has gone before us. All of this is because, verses 8 through 12, we have strength for the Savior. The Savior is the one who gives us the strength. He's with us, and and verses 8 through 12 speak about that kind of strength, the blessing of God that's found in the Savior. Look at these verses. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows his favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, (laughs) blessed is the one who trusts in you. Are you trusting in him today? Who are you trusting in? Better be trusting in the Savior because the blessing of God is only found in him. He is the divine yes to all the promises of God. First, 2 Corinthians 1, 20 says, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. Look on the face of your anointed. Now some would say that that's a prayer for the king, and it is, but it's more importantly the prayer for the Messiah, anointed, Mashiach. This is the promised one. Jesus came in fulfillment of all the hope and all the promises of all the prophets who've gone before. And he is the anointed one. And my people in Israel are still longing. They're still waiting. They're still wondering, is he ever going to come? And the message that we have to bring is that he has come. And his name is Yeshua. His name is Jesus. But for those of us who know him, remember, he's coming again. The clouds will be rolled back as a scroll. The brightness of a thousand noonday suns will fill our vision. And there's the one we've been waiting for. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. Strength is in the Savior, brothers and sisters. The Messiah is the one who makes the blessing of God available to us. The Messiah is the one who welcomes us into the presence of God. God, I would rather be a doorkeeper. What's a doorkeeper? Well, it's this most seemingly insignificant thing that you can do if you're in the temple. The sons of Korah, they were singers. They were musicians. They weren't doorkeepers. But (laughs) I'd rather be a doorkeeper. I want to be demoted if I can still be in God's presence. I don't care, because that's where there's strength. That's where there's strength for the journey. It's the strength of the Savior. He is the temple of God. He is the one who leads us into his presence. And you know what? God's most insignificant is far greater than the, the, the best that the devil can give. Would you rather serve the Lord or serve the devil? There's a wonderful job awaiting for you, doorkeeper. <laughs> it might seem insignificant, but it's the best. It's much better than this world has to offer. Whom have I in heaven but you, said the psalmist. There's nothing on earth that I desire besides you, said the psalmist. 
Is that true of us? Oh, God, take our hearts and reshape them and remold them that we can say those words and make them our own. Oh, there's nothing on earth that I desire more than you, oh, Lord. Jesus is the heart's desire. Paul said, indeed, I account everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Tune our hearts, God, to that desire. May we long for you. May we find the strength that only you can provide. He's a son and he's a shield. Think about that. A son and a shield. He's a source of light and he's a source of safety. He is a son for the happy days and he's a protection for the dangerous days. He's with us. He provides all we need. What does that mean? For you and for me, there's strength in his presence there's strength for the journey, and it's the strength of the Savior. We need that strength in these troubled times, don't we? How is God going to apply this to your heart? What valley are you walking through? What tears have you been shedding? Find strength in the Savior. Find strength in his presence. Strength on the journey. For me and for Jews, for Jesus, we need to go from strength to strength. I just turned 65 in September, and I've been leading Jews for Jesus now for 30 years, and God has put it on my heart that we are at a transition point for which we need to go from strength to strength. Uh, he did that for Jews for Jesus when I took over from Moish, and I'm not, I'm not going away. <laughs> God has given me the opportunity and uh, the board of directors is meeting uh, in just a couple of weeks to confirm this, that I can continue to serve in Jews for Jesus as the executive chairman of the board. And I will continue to come to Valley, and I will continue to preach and write. In fact, I've just come out with a, a book Moody is publishing called, Does the Jewish Bible Point to Jesus? I'm really excited about this because Moish wrote a book back in the 80s called Yeshua, The Jewish Way to Say Jesus, and it talked about all the prophecies from the Old Testament that point to Jesus. Well, this is an update and a new book. Moody's excited to do it. They want to do a whole worldwide evangelistic outreach with this book. So I've got a lot on my plate, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm not going anywhere, but I believe the time has come for me to pass the baton to someone else to let me go from strength to strength. You know, I, there is actually a book that someone wrote called From Strength to Strength, a man by the name of Brooks, not a believer in Jesus, but I read that book a couple years ago, and I found it very helpful. A couple quotes from that book. Brooks says, When you are young, you have raw smarts. When you are old, you have wisdom. When you are young, you can generate lots of facts. When you are old, you know what they mean and how to use them. <laughs> and I've, be, I've been seeing that, you know? Uh, there's a, a, an analogy of a flywheel, you know, on an engine that cranks, you know, it starts cranking, and the more it moves, the faster it goes. And well, I want to tell you right now, with everything that God is doing in Jews for Jesus, the flywheel is going really fast. And God has given me the ability to, you know, kind of keep every now and then just to put my finger out and, and keep the flywheel going. It's all obviously by the power of the Holy Spirit. But now I've been investing in a lot of guys, younger leaders who are ready to take the baton. And it's got to be God who appoints that person 
Because like I said, I was the youngest of the senior leaders when God called me out to be Moise Rosen's uh, successor. And uh, there's a number of people, and I'd be delighted for whoever it is, as long as he has a heart according to God, a heart after God. Uh, he can be like uh, David, tending sheep out in the, in, in the field. But God is going to call a new leader to take over the ministry, and I'll be his biggest cheerleader. I, I will be his biggest cheerleader. But I think it's, it's time, and this is the first time I've said this publicly in a church, so I wanted to save it to tell you. Uh, it's not even public yet, but you'll, you'll hear about it. Well, we want to wait until we know who God is appointing, and then we'll let everybody know. But you be praying for us, okay? Because we're going to go from strength to strength. God is at work in amazing ways, uh, even in the midst of the darkest time. Even in the Valley of Baca, God accomplishes his purpose. I told this story in the first service. I want to tell it to you. Uh, there was a memorial service that we held after the October 7th. It was a month later. It was November 7th. And we invited the Israeli community, people still in trauma, wanting to know if the hostages are still being held. It's a horrible season. Um, but we said, let's just get together and pray. We'll have some songs sung, Hebrew songs, with psalms read, some candles lit, prayers said. And we had about 100 who filled in the Moist Rosen Center of unbelievers and, and uh, about as many believers. And we were there, and uh, it was a wonderful service, painful, a lot of tears shed. But afterwards, this guy by the name of Yosef comes up, young guy, about 25 and he was raised in an Orthodox Jewish home uh, there in Israel, and he was not very happy. He said, look, I'm putting aside all this other stuff because of what's going on here, so I'm glad to be here, but I have some questions for you. And they weren't questions, they were objections, you know. So our staff, you know, did our best to answer them one by one. He didn't seem satisfied, but we said, you know what, Yosef, just come back next week, come to a regular service, you know. See, see what happens. Well, he came back the following week. Surprise, surprise. And he had lots more questions, but they were a very different sort. Because you see, in the interim, Yosef had a vision of Yeshua, a vision of Jesus. And he had come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. <laughs> he was born again. He didn't even know what the term meant. Hallelujah. God is at work. Dreams and visions. The prophet Joel spoke about that, and we're seeing it even in the midst of this dark time. People are coming to Jesus. It's tragic what's going on. There are victims on both sides of the border. There are victims of evil. There are victims of Satan's attempt to destroy. Jesus has come that it might have life. And so life is being given physically, but even more so spiritually as we minister. And you, the scriptures say, coming to Christ, he's the living cornerstone of God's temple rejected by his people but chosen by God for great honor and you you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple that's where strength is in the midst of God's people do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the habit of some but all the more as you see the, see the day drawing near this is where strength is strength is found in the midst of God's presence in the midst of God's people he is building his spiritual temple and you 
are holy priests through the mediation of Jesus Christ to offer up spiritual sacrifices pleasing to God. It is the same today as it was then and now for the future. Strength, strengthen his presence with his people. Strength in the journey, even in the desert places. Strength that comes from this Messiah. May you receive it. May I receive it. May we all receive that strength to the honor and glory of God. Amen? Amen. Would you please stand with me? I want to bless you as we conclude our service together with the blessing that God gave to the priests, the ones who ministered in the temple. In Numbers chapter 6, he said to the sons of Aaron, bless my people with this blessing, and they will be blessed first in Hebrew, and then in English, and then we'll be dismissed. Would you bow your heads, please? Yisrael Adonai, pan of lecha, v'yaseim lecha, shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. Bashem Yeshua, Mishichenu Sar HaShalom. In the name of Jesus, our Messiah, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Shalom.